It was an average Sunday night for Ben Panito, an ordinary 16-year-old working his shift at the local Boston market. All of a sudden, there was a loud bang, and Ben's night completely changed. Oh my god, a co-worker yelled, staring out the window at the flames. Ben took one look out the window and sprung into action, darting towards the smoldering flames. What Ben did next was not only extraordinary, but also saved a man from death. Good Samaritans raced to the rescue after a fiery crash in Mount Prospect. It happened tonight at a strip mall near Elmhurst and Golf. One of the workers at a nearby store heard the crash, noticed the smoke, grabbed a co-worker and ran to help. Mempanino opened the door and pulled the man inside to safety. Ever since that night, Ben is receiving recognition for his actions and has been praised for taking such a risk. This is Caleb Walsh and Matt Scolichotti, and today we have been in the studio with us on the Heroes Podcast, where we will be talking to him about his heroic actions. Hello, Ben. So, Caleb, so Matt. So, um, so what was like the order of events that like happened? Like, how did it play out? All right, um, so I was just working at Boston Market, and I'm a server, so I was just on the other side of the counter helping a customer, and my friend Ryan Black, who also works at um. Boston Market, he's a senior that goes to Prospect. He was um, cleaning the dining room, and then all of a sudden, I just hear him screaming, oh my God, oh my God, everyone look. And we don't have a lot of customers in the store, and I look out the window where he's pointing, and I just see a car on fire. Did you, did you hear like a loud bang? No, he said he heard the bang. I didn't even notice it. I was helping a customer. I was not paying attention what was going on outside. And as soon as I saw the flames, I bolted out the door, and he was right behind me. And so I ran up. And he ran over to the, and stayed on the grass, but I ran up to the car that was on fire. And I went and opened up the car door to try to pull the person out. And the guy that was in there already had his seatbelt off and he just kind of plopped on the ground. But the, um, the flames were probably going, they were only on the engine, like the front of the car. They were probably about four or five feet high. I mean, it was, it was a good fire on the car. And the entire car was completely hot boxed with smoke. And it wasn't like a nice, thick, white, puffy smoke. It was a dark black and blue oil smoke. I mean, when I opened the door, I got a whiff of it and I was coughing for like the next 20 minutes. I mean, it hurt. And when he plopped on the ground, he was, he was a pretty uh, larger fellow. So I just grabbed his shoulder and I just started dragging as hard as I could. And I got him, it took me about the first 15 feet before anyone else stepped in to help me. Uh, I did look over at the other car and I saw someone get out of the passenger side. So to me, that was okay. The driver must have got out and crawled over the center console and got out. So I already had a guy in my arms, so I didn't even worry about the other car. And I just kept pulling him. And basically then what happened after that is a woman came over and she said she was an off-duty police officer, police officer. And she helped me um, help carry the guy a little bit farther away from the car. And then once we got the guy over to the first grassy patch, like next to the road, we, um, I put my hand under his head because he was kind of car crashed. He probably has a severe concussion. And when we were dragging him, his head kept hitting the ground. So I just didn't want his head like laying on the cold ground. And his shirt was up. So I just checked um, like his back and his stomach area to see if there was like any big noticeable botches or bruises or any blood or anything. And there wasn't anything. So I just put his shirt back down for him. I, I like grabbed him and I talked to him. I was like, my name's Ben Pino. I'm here to help, you know, just trying to like assure to him that someone is trying to help him. And he acknowledged me, like he didn't say anything to me, but he looked me in the eyes and he knew I was there. And then he latched onto my arm and he just started holding, he just started squeezing onto my arm and he did not let go. And so about two minutes later is when the first responders showed up. And the first responders come to me, I'm still holding the guy, the guy's literally on the ground and I'm holding him. And the cops come over and be like, you got this, like, 
like, you know what's happening over here? And I'm like, yeah, he's pretty hooked, hooked badly. He needs to be taken to the hospital. And the first cop's like, okay. And then they just kind of walk away. And so I'm just kind of still here with this guy. And at this point, there's only two cops here. There's a bunch of people in the area. One car's on file, and the people on the other car, I, apparently the driver was still pinned in the vehicle or the other car. I didn't even know that at that time. So they had a lot of work to do. One of the cops took a fire extinguisher and tried putting out the flame, and he got it out. And he and as soon as he turned his back to the car, the, the flame was out for two seconds, and then it engulfed in flames again. So that happened. And, um, yeah, I was just... I mean, it was a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember it still. But so I was still just over on the side of the grassy patch with the guy, and then finally more first responders came, and... The car and the car eventually did explode. Not a Hollywood explosion. It's like if you threw an M eighty in a pool of gasoline. That's what kind of it sounded like and felt like. But I mean, we were probably twenty thirty yards away from the car when that happened, and like nothing really went anywhere. And so I was just holding on to the guy. And then some more officers came over and they said, "Okay, we have the situation under control." And then I had to kind of pry the guy's arm because he was grasping onto my right arm and he wasn't letting go. And then I took his, I like moved him and put him on the ground, um, like slowly. And I was gonna leave, but I noticed he had um, some blood under his nose, but there was no nose bleeding. So I told the officers about that. I didn't know what it was, but the officer said, okay, thank you for telling us. Then I gave my s statement to um, a police officer, and then I just went back into work and just continued with my day. Got it. Um like, I noticed that the guy was, like, clinging on to you. Did you ever think, like, oh, my gosh, this guy might die in my arms? I mean, well, not really. As soon as I got him out and away from the car crash, I saw he was alive, and I didn't think he was really anywhere close to dying once I got him out of the car. And I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't think he was going to die. I mean, I didn't think he really... He didn't look like he was going to die. He looked like he was going to live. Um, but uh, what the officers told me after the math was... If I didn't pull him out of the car, he would have most definitely died. What was going through your mind when you first initially saw the flames? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was really like. I mean, I saw the flames, and I, that, that's what popped in my head, and then I just started running, and I really didn't think anything of it. And to this day, I still don't really remember thinking anything. The only thing on my mind was, like, by step by step, run over to the car, check the car, see if the person's in the car, get the person out of the car. I wasn't really thinking. I was just more thinking of helping that person out. So I understand, like, Ryan was there. You two ran yeah. out, and I'm sure there were other people. Were they stepping in and helping you out? or? Um. So for, like, the first minute when I was pointing the guy, I looked up, and there was probably, like, 40 people all standing in a big circle around the crash, all of them had their phones out and they were recording me pull this big ass man to like safety. And I'm like, and in my head I'm like, okay, so none of you guys are gonna come in and help me. Like that, that got me a little mad. But then eventually two bigger older adults did come and help me and I needed their help because I wouldn't have been able to get the guy nearly as far as I did without that. And then also Ryan Brock, he, um, he also yelled at people to come and help and he also yelled at people to get away, so. I mean, that was pretty important because people were trying to go up to the crash and stuff, and it's dangerous. So it was a good thing that Ryan was telling people to get away. He was, like, trying to clear the area, and, like, he cleared all the debris. So when I dragged the guy, the guy wanted to get a shrap metal stuck in his back, you know? Yeah. Like, pulling him. 
Uh, do you... I know that this happened a couple weeks ago, but do you still think about that event, like, daily? Does it cross your mind every day, or is it just something you keep in the back of your head? And... I mean, it's not like I keep it in the back of my head. It happened. I know what happened. But in, to me, I, I feel like that, that had to happen. I had to do that. There was a crash. Someone needed help, and I'm willing to help people who are in need of help. So to me, it was like, it wasn't a decision to me to, like, oh, I think I'm just going to do this just because I want to. I felt like I had to do it of a moral obligation to help this person out. So when you said, like, um, you just felt like it was an obligation just to jump right in and help them out, was there, like, anyone, like, growing up and stuff who really helped, like, influence that kind of mindset to come in and just act and help those who are in need? Well, I was in Cub Scouts from second grade to fifth grade, and then I joined, I was in Boy Scouts, and I'm still in Boy Scouts now, and I'm on my way to get an Eagle Scout, and I will be getting my Eagle Scout most likely. I'm actually trying to have it done by the end of my junior year so that I can kind of clock out in Boy Scouts entirely, you know. But, um, you know, in Boy Scouts, you know, you always have to help other people who are in need of help, and like in Boy Scouts, they train you in basic first aid and, you know, stuff like that. So I kind of think that would have to be it, you know? Yeah. If I wasn't in it, like, it gives you a really good mindset of helping other people. And I've kind of grew, grew up wanting to help people. I never mm -hmm. wanted to just stand by and watch. I never wanted to be a bystander. I always mm -hmm. wanted to be doing something. Because I understand there's a lot of stuff with, like, the bystander yeah. effect where people just yeah. stand and walk. So it's really good that you broke that and kind of just helped, stepped right in. When did you feel honored when at the PSAT they called you out? I mean, like I'm fine with it. People, people call me a hero, and people say what you did was amazing. And in my mindset, I don't feel like a hero. I feel like I got what needed to get done. I felt like if that was an everyday occurrence, then that would not. I would not be taking like time out of my day to help someone. Like, I'm willing to do that. So to me, I'm not a hero. I don't feel as if, and the situation to me, it was very quick, 10 minutes in and out. It wasn't a long time. I didn't sacrifice a lot to do it. And so I don't really get that heroism aspect in my mind. Um, everyone called me a hero and stuff and thanking me. Like, the first night it was okay, but it's just, I'm glad it's kind of died down now and not really anyone's coming up to me. But those first couple of days, it was just everyone coming up and thanking me. And it was, it was getting annoying. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was just, I just felt like, okay, yeah, I understand I did it. But, you know, <laughs> it's not like I'm not a veteran here, okay? Mm -hmm. I just <laughs> I pulled a guy out of a car. It's not that big of a deal in my mind. So, you know, people view you as a hero and stuff. But you yourself, you personally just don't view yourself as a hero. Like, no. it's... Like, anything that would happen, you'd think that anyone should have done what you did. Yeah. Right? And I'd be willing to do it again. Yeah. At any point, did, did you think about your, your life in jeopardy, or did that never cross your mind? Oh, uh, never crossed my mind. I mean, it wasn't really any dangerous. Like, when I did first open the car door, I was like, oh, I don't want to get, like, you know burned in the face but you know in the end goal there was someone in the car so I just decided to help them and you know YOLO right yeah you, know. <laughs> you only live once yeah you only live once man <laughs> so we understand like um the guy in the other car you saw like someone pop out of that right yes um 
the driver of that car okay or no he died at Luther General Hospital that night oh. um, it was and the guy and his son I believe in the car um, the driver of the other car that was hit was it was a Nissan Versace if I can remember correctly and yeah they um he was taken to Lutheran General and he died the guy that I pulled was taken to Northwest Community and he lived well, our condolences go out to the family of the other yeah. driver. Yeah, that's it's, it's it's unfortunate and it's just never good for have anyone mm-hmm. to die. Yeah, especially when it's they stay in the middle of their life. Mm-hmm. They had a long life to live and family. And yeah. the guy's son was in the car. I mean, that's gotta that's mm-hmm. gotta be hard. I feel like people should be going to that family more than they should be coming mm-hmm. and thanking me. Yeah. Do you have any like regret that you didn't sprint over and try to like help the other car? Or- no, I tried to do the most I could. I did the best yeah. I could. Um, I wish I had. there was two of me, then I would have gone over to that car. But the reason I went over to the car I did was because that car wasn't on flames. The car I went over to was on flames. And so that's what kind of got it to me. So you just saw biggest like threat is the big flames. Yeah. So sprint over and yeah. see what go you can to do the, there. Go to the biggest threat and fix that one. Well, thank you, Ben, for coming in today, and we all commend you for your actions taken on that night.